When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Doggone it! I forgot to put the uh, <laughs> I forgot to put the the, the show and the and the uh, intro in. Anyway, welcome, folks, to the Belly Up Sports Super Hockey Show. We're at the All Star Break. I appreciate you joining us. My name is Ryan McCarthy. I am the host of the show. We're going to have a great time tonight. First of all, I want to introduce you. Well, I'm going to introduce you to our panelists in just a moment. First thing we're going to do is to uh, let you know about our Twitter handle, which is right down below at Belly Up Hockey. You can also follow us at Belly Up Sports on Twitter, uh, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I believe we're also on TikTok. So you want to join us here for hockey interaction? Belly Up Hockey is our Twitter handle. So welcome to the Belly Up Sports Super Show. Again, my name is Ryan. I'm your host, Ryan McCarthy. I'm I host the podcast No Credentials Required, which is on Belly Up Sports and Godzilla Media. I'm also the host of Have Another Donut, a New Jersey Devils podcast, which is on Godzilla Media exclusively. But we're going to introduce our panelists this evening for evening show. First thing I'm going to do is introduce our female guest. She is from she's one part of the Bar Down Buttes podcast. She also contributes to NHL.com. We have Miss Jesse Pierce. Jesse, how are we doing tonight? Hi, I'm good. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, I, I mentioned in our, in, our, in our green room, the one thing that Jesse, Jesse and I have in common is that we've both been on the Rod Peterson show. So, <laughs> Rod Peterson, if you're watching, buddy, how are you doing tonight? Shout out. Shout out. Also, we have all the way from Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, from the 1420 podcast we have brent radlinski brent how are we doing tonight i'm really good ryan how are you doing tonight i'm doing excellent i'm doing excellent and again we're in the green room uh, brent is a big hockey fan, big hockey fan but he's also a big baseball fan and i got to know how he became a yankees fan before he went on yeah, so we don't talk too much, much about that during the off season or, or during the regular season actually people don't like yankee fans for some reason very much so i i, I keep that <laughs> yeah. hush hush and behind all this stuff behind me there's a bunch of yankee stuff i thought i would hide tonight just for that reason but uh, yeah anyways thanks for having me Hey, thanks for coming on. And we have from the World Hockey Report, we have Janner. Janner, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for jumping on. We appreciate you jump. I appreciate you having jumping on. I know you're only here for a short time, but uh, we're glad you can join us. Uh, we also have from whatahockey.com all the way down, I believe he's in the heart of Texas, we have Fink. Fink, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. Appreciate you having me on. I'm I'm a little bit north of the heart, I guess you could say. I'm in DFW. Just uh, we're dethawing okay. here after a uh, yeah. wicked ice storm for the past week, but we uh, we made it, so we're doing good. All right, glad you made it. And finally, from the Rising to the Occasion podcast, and I had no idea he was a hockey fan until he said, "I want to be a part of this." Josh Taylor, <laughs> Josh, how are we doing today, bud? I'm doing great. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm a hockey fan because I I'm actually just below uh, Jesse. I'm down in, in Iowa uh, slash Nebraska, I guess, kind of kind of both states here but uh yeah I'm, I'm down here we i grew up here so i grew up a hockey fan i, I kind of fell away from it a little bit in my maybe mid-teen area because i was living in indiana but then 
started getting back into in the last few years, but I'm excited to talk some hockey. All right. We're glad to have you. So we're going to go through our format, and our format tonight is just basically talking about our biggest surprises and disappointments in terms of teams, who our heart, winner, heart trophy winner is at the break, some bold predictions for the rest of the season, and we'll close things out. We'll try to get out of here in a tight hour to hour 15, but again, like I said, Jenner has, uh, has other commitments, so he's got to bust out of here in half an hour. So we're going to do our biggest disappointments and surprises and I, since you're since you're going to be out of here in a little while jenner i want to give you the floor uh in terms of the in terms of who your biggest disappointments and surprises are so who are your biggest disappointments and surprises this year so we're talking teams correct not players. we're talking teams yes yes well i think if you surprise, want to include players you're more than welcome to i think surprise it's got to be the winnipeg jets right they got 32 wins already they got more wins than anyone else in the west like you can't tell me anyone predicted that before the season and then disappointments i think you got to be looking at the calgary flames you know you lose the heartbeat matthew kachuk everyone wants to talk about how good of a job brad tree living's done but end of the day their goaltender they spent all the money on hasn't held up to hit his end of the bargain and so they're disappointing. I don't even think they're in a playoff spot right now. So I, I know both of those are out west in the bias shows, but I think you'd have a hard time telling me someone who's been more surprising than the Winnipeg Jets leading the West with 32 wins. All right. Jess, give us your give us your biggest surprises and disappointments. Oh, I got one way more surprising than the Winnipeg Jets, gentlemen. Seattle Kraken. I never yes. saw Seattle coming out of nowhere. I mean, they're doing their best Vegas Golden Knights impression right now, right? I mean, you look at it, and I think a lot of it's because those guys certainly bought into this Kraken team. A lot of those players opted to go to Seattle, and I think that's the biggest difference maker for them because, really, you still look at the team itself, and they've got a little bit more talent than they certainly had last year, but they still have a lot of very average players that are just performing very very well and I absolutely love to see it I never saw it coming so they are my biggest surprise um biggest disappointment I'm gonna say the Minnesota Wilds I think you know it was certainly not going to be anywhere near compared to last year the Minnesota Wilds achieving all of breaking all these franchise records during the regular season and the loss of Kevin Fiala naturally was going to result in a regression but I don't think anybody saw them struggling quite as mightily as they did, because they still returned a core group of those guys. They still have all-star Kirill Kaprizov playing, um, but just a lot of things have seemed a little bit off for the Minnesota Wild. So for me, probably because I'm very close to them, as you can all imagine, but they have been um, quite a bit of a disappointment, I think, this year. All right, we're going to go over to, to Josh. Who's your biggest disappointments and surprises for this year so far? So, yeah, I mean, I I wanted to go with Kraken, like, like Jess said, but... Uh... Ultimately, you know, thinking back to the Golden Knights and also thinking about Seattle and the, and the town there, I was thinking, I was like, well, I mean, it doesn't surprise me as much uh, as the the Devils. Ultimately, I feel like I look at the Devils and looking at seeing, I think they finished seventh in their division last year. <laughs> there you go. I'll shout your team out. Um, but, you know, I think they finished seventh in their division last year. Is that right? So yes, they, they right right they, above they did, Philadelphia. They did horrible last year. And so, I mean, just, you know, 14th overall. And the conference, I mean, it was just, it was a really bad year for them last year to be able to turn around and, you know, I think they had, what was it, a 13 game win streak, something like that during the season. Yep. And just a, a really good yep. show out there. Yeah. I mean, they, they've looked really, really tough this year and they're right on the verge of, of being able to kind of lock in their position for the playoffs. I don't know if they'll make it or not. It's going to be tough. Um, but, you know, it's, it's for them to get in and, and do as well as they have this year. I think that's, 
that's my surprise. Uh, as far as disappointments, I, I'm, I'm actually on board with Jess there. I think Minnesota, I was paying attention to them early in the year because I thought, you know, Minnesota, for one, it's, it's a, a, a state that's just loves their hockey. Uh, and so, you know, you, you've got a huge fan base there. Uh, and, and just looking at the wild uh, growing up, I always, I always looked at the wild and, and that was kind of the, the team closest to me when I was really young. And so looking at the wild and seeing them, we've, I got, I've been able to see some games there. So I was kind of cheering on, cheering them on this year uh, a, a little bit and hoping that they could kind of make, make a repeat. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I agree with Jess there where, where I think the wild is kind of my disappointment team this year. Before we continue, just want to give a quick shout out to Angela Duke from the Divots and Pivots podcast. Excellent golf podcast. He says, what's going on, everyone? Just talking some hockey, Ducky. Let's go. Let's talk some hockey. All right, Fink, going to go over to you next. Who's your biggest disappointments and surprises this year? Uh, I'm going to start off with the disappointment. Uh, it definitely, it's going to be in the Central Division. That's going to be the Blues. I mean, you had a, a a lot of their core guys come back. Ryan O'Reilly's still there. Tarasenko's still there. Biddington, as much as I hate saying his name, still there. Uh, and and they have just absolutely floundered in the Central Division. They've got a you know a minus twenty nine uh, differential, which is just horrid. And it's not going to get you anywhere in that Central Division with a bunch of potent offenses like the Stars, Jets, and Wild at the top, and the Avalanche when they get healthy. They're going to be one of those top teams as well, seven and three in their last 10. Uh, surprise, I was going to say the Kraken as well, but if you look right beneath them, I'm going to go with the Kings because the Kings have put together a very impressive season. And again, back to that differential, they've done it with a minus 10 differential, which is insane to think about. They're five, four, and one. They've lost their last two, so they're kind of trying to get back on it. They'll, they'll, use, the, uh, they'll use the break to get back to it. But I don't think anyone had the Kings competing in this division um, as as much as they have, especially with that goal differential. If you look at the teams under them, the Golden Knights, Oilers, and the Flames, they all have the plus side of the differential. To see them up there in that second position with that minus 10, it's a huge surprise regardless of what division or what team you are. So, you know, huge stick taps to them. Surprise the Kings are doing what they're doing. But, yeah, definitely the Blues, disappointing. Couldn't be more happy to say that I'm disappointed in the Blues. <laughs> Brent, over to you. I'm going to change things up a little bit, and I'm going to say not a surprise to me is the Florida Panthers not uh, not in first place and probably not going to make the playoffs where they at. Uh, you added a guy like Keith Kachuk. You lost Jonathan Huberdeau, who's, uh, who's our leading scorer with 115, I think, points last year to the Calgary Flames in that big trade that happened in the offseason. But uh, adding a guy like Matthew Kachuk, who's um, – uh, from where I am, he's not exactly the most liked individual for what how the stunt that he pulled. It wasn't really a stunt. He said, I, "I'm leaving. I'm not re-signing in the whole to, bit." Like it was, to it be, was there. To be fair, Brent. To be fair. To be fair. To be fair. I don't think a lot of people like Matthew Kachuk. <laughs> okay, good. So it's not just an Alberta thing. It's not just a Calgary thing. And then you can adding ask Matt Dumba about that, I think he yeah, said. exactly. And then, you, yeah. well. and then adding a coach like Paul Maurice, who got shown the gate near the end of last season, didn't even make the the entire season with the Winnipeg Jets last year. And over the years, uh, I don't think that Paul Maurice has shown a lot of um, winning over the years. If you look at his. Uh, his stat page, he doesn't make the playoffs a lot. And adding a guy and Andrew Brunette leaving, and he had that team rolling last year after he took up and Joel Quinbell after that scandal that came out. Uh, and Brunette had that team rolling to a President's Trophy. And you, you add in, like I said, a Kachuk. You lose a Huberto, and then you you uh, and you, you gain Maurice, who doesn't do a bunch of winning. Uh, it's not a surprise that the to me that the Florida Panthers are where we're at. Uh, disappointing for me, I got to say, and I think it's a, maybe it might be a regional bias for me, but the Vancouver Canucks, who just mm. continue to Canuck it no matter what. Uh, Bruce E. Boudreau, Bruce, there it is, uh, oh, already let go. They trade Bruce. their captain. 
They trade their captain Bo Horvat early this week to the uh, to the Islanders, and on and on. And now you hear that uh, the, the cat or their, their goaltender Thatcher Demko wants out. Uh, it's only a matter of time, I think, before they say. They're finally actually going, it might be a good thing to be disappointed as they are, but it might be a good thing that they might actually say, we, we need to rebuild and not regroup because, and getting maybe the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. Yeah, I, I have some, I have a bold prediction about Connor Bedard at the end of the show. But I get to I'll, see him tomorrow night actually here in Lethbridge. He's in, so I'm pretty excited about that. It might be a fun, a fun, oh, fun man, event. Lucky. Or the end max center it's called now, but it should be a good one here in Lethbridge. Lucky dude. Dude, I'm I'm jealous. I'm jealous. I do I do have to say, Ryan, I'm surprised because I was gonna say the biggest surprise was was Boston. I'm surprised nobody else mentioned them. They are just on an like a literally uh, it's a historic it's a historic tear right now. They're well, doing things that we did not expect them to do yeah. as far as the way that they're performing. Well, actually, I haven't gone yet. And I'm sorry. And I just did I just completely low like, hanging fruit coming from Ryan here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just set you up for the you. easy one time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Set him up and knock him down. No, Boston. I wasn't expecting Boston to have this particular tear that they're they're on. If they just ended a three game losing streak, ooh, 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 a three game losing streak. Yeah, that's new. But but the, the way that they're winning games, they're, <laughs> but the, the way that they're winning games and they're going, they're, they're just they're, their goaltending is really good. Upfront scoring is good. Backline's excellent. Um. I don't know if they need anything at the trade deadline. Let's see what happens and see what kind of magic they can they can manage to score uh, in the in the uh, at the trade deadline. But right now they're looking at uh, they're looking to be the front runners for the uh, for the president's trophy. Um, you can say the same about Carolina. I, I didn't expect them to, to have a have a uh, have a fall down. Uh, I guess you can see my my dis- most disappointing team. Um, I was actually kind of hoping Detroit would take the leap, and we have belly up. We have Mike from Belly Up Sports. He's going to says we need some wings. Talk Larkin deal going to get done? I don't know. I think he might be traded if they're continuing on this slide. I thought Detroit was going to with all the signings they had, the Andrew Cops, the the the, 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 the Ben uh, Sharia or Sharia Sharat. Thank you. With Ben Sharat, that signing, they started out well. They started the season really well, but. They've taken a, it just slid back. Um, then they're five, four, and one in their last ten, but they're but they're ten points out of a wild card. They're seven points out of a wild card spot. So I was expecting them to take, kind of take the leap forward this year in terms of their development. Stevie Arsman's building something special, but I I wasn't so I was just I'm just very surprised uh, that they're kind of taking this step backwards it's uh, it's just very it's very shocking and it's just interesting and it's just funny that mike or zach says that says we need some wings talk well there's your wings talk mike <laughs> i'm I'm, I'm definitely curious the yeiser plan how long of a leash does he have how many years until they everyone says trust the yeiser plan everyone he's gonna make you know he's gonna fleece people on trades until they finally say you know what this isn't working larkin's unhappy with the deal that we're giving him like we're just not performing up to par like we thought we would. You know, Detroit has a very history pass, and they've been yeah. really irrelevant for what a couple of decades. It feels like now, uh, since two thousand nine. Yeah, that was the last mm-hmm. time. That was when they were went to the Cup final in two thousand nine. That was kind of when we saw cut the sun. Su- su- yeah, so I mean, a little bit. I'm very curious to see with upper management how long they fun- it takes for them to say, you know what, we're done with the Yeiser plan. We need a new plan. 
But it's Stevie Y. Detroit will do anything for Stevie Y, right? Like, let's be honest. They live in the past. Detroit loves living in the past. Like, oh, remember the 90s? Those were the heydays. Like, I feel like they will ride it out as long as they can until, yeah, somebody finally steps up and is like, no, no, no. We have to move on. Those banners are getting pretty dusty there, Detroit. Yep. The Iser plan might have a shorter leash than, than, than the Shannon plan in Toronto, though, because <laughs> it's just the way things go. And Eisman might actually have a shorter leash on, him, on himself and say, this isn't going like I hope. He's used to winning how he turned things around in Tampa, uh, how quickly he did that. And like, don't don't kid yourself, those teams still have the Eisman, Eisman uh, trademark on them. And, and I think that the Eisman might, he might quit on them, on, on the Red Wings before the Red Wings quit on him. Mm-hmm. They still got one of the best pipelines in hockey, though. I mean, if you look at their minors and their draft picks, like, they, they've done real well in that aspect. So, like, I don't see any changes in the next two to three years. Maybe if they don't have success by then, sure. But I don't think the Dylan Larkin deal is a make-or-break one when he's not make-or-breaking games for them. No, and they certainly had the cap space to sign Cop and uh, Shuria. Sherat. Uh... Thank you. I can't say his name wrong. Sherat. <laughs> They certainly had the cap space to sign them, but I, I wouldn't imagine that Dylan Larkin's going to be not going to be there for the long term, unless they decide to to try to cut bait with him, cut him loose, and try to gain some gap, draft capital back. I mean, what would it take to get to get a guy like Dylan Larkin as, as in your lineup for the uh, for the for a cup run? Well, as long as you have Yzerman at the helm, it's going to be one of those trades where you're going to look and say like, oh, well, they got you know they got Larkin, but look what the Red Wings got. So it's he'll work out a deal if, if Larkin truly does get dealt at the line, but I don't see that happening. I, I, I think they've got the cap space to put that one million, you know, extra towards it. I think Larkin needs to step up here in the next month, obviously, and show that he's worth it. But uh, I don't see him not signing with Detroit. So we're going to move on from here and we're going to talk about our heart trophy winner at the break. And Jenner, I know you got to be out of here, so I'm going to start with you. Who's your heart trophy winner at the break? Well, I'm kind of playing T-ball here. If I got to go first, it's Connor McDavid <laughs> at 92 points already. Like that's kind of the end of conversation. It's just silly the numbers that he's putting up. And and again, we're talking about a guy who could potentially hit 150 this year. Like it's uh, there's out of the question who's the heart winner this year. Jesse. Who's your heart trophy winner? I mean, McDavid, without question. I will go a little off the beaten path, and I hate saying this name, and I hate the team he plays for. Sorry, Fink. Jason Robertson is having a very, very nice season. I mean, I kind of sometimes feel bad that maybe Kirill Kaprizov wasn't the Calder winner of the year that Jason (laughs) Robertson was up to. Hate admitting that. If any Wild fans are listening, I'm sorry I never said it, but... Uh, no, I mean, he's somebody to keep an eye on. I think he's not slowing down. In general, the Dallas Stars are having a fantastic year. Finally, seems like we've been talking about them building, building, and it's finally approached there. But um, I'll toss his name in the hat. He's somebody that I think it's going to be hard to outdo a McDavid again with the pace that he's on, as Jenner had mentioned. But uh, Robertson has been very intriguing to me this year. All right, Josh, who's your heart trophy winner at this point of the season? I feel like it's just going to be kind of a repetition here i feel like mcdavid absolutely but i mean when, when you look at some of the, the competition in there too i mean I, I i like austin matthews a lot for him for uh, austin matthews and mcdavid both to get these honors to be finalists two years in a row that's amazing for both of them 
Uh, and, and for McDavid too, he's a young guy. Uh, and so to see that, that young, the, the young talent in the NHL right now, that's amazing. I th- feel like the Rangers, uh, they're like an entire young team over there. And so you see a lot of young guys there. Uh, and then another young guy that I, I kind of want to give a shout out is Kale McCarr. I mean, he just hasn't put together quite the stats and stuff that you, you, you would hope for, uh, you know, especially watching him last season. He was one of them that, that really amazed me. But Connor McDavid just all season just been unstoppable. And I don't know how you can really argue against him. Brent, over to you. Well, yeah, I'll follow that up. Like it's obviously McDavid. Been living here in Alberta, we see a lot of him on night in, night out, and what he's doing. Uh, he's like it's you, you can't compare generations because it's, it's tough to do. But you can you can without a doubt say he's the best hockey player to ever play the game because the fitness and everything that's going. Not the greatest. Don't 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 mix my words and don't do the whole thing. But he's he's the best hockey player to ever play the game. The fastest to skill what he does on a night out, night in, night out basis and the, the video game hockey that he plays in comparison to everybody else in the National Hockey League. And everybody can skate in this league now compared to what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago when, when Gretzky was kicking around. But what McDavid does is something else. But you look at a guy like if McDavid were to go down for whatever reason, and I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he doesn't because I'm hoping for a, a bit of a, a Stanley Cup playoff run here in Canada for one of our teams eventually uh, just to, uh, to see a guy like um, – like what he does is something else, but uh, Nikita Kucherov down in Tampa, what he does on that great team. And he's actually going to play this whole year. And he's not going to have that injury, the injury timeout that he had last year and that whole debacle that went on uh, having him not uh, having to play for most of the season. And so it's kind of interesting to watch that, but Kucherov's a heck of a player. And if McDavid were to go down, I would say that Kucherov would be right there. Bink over to you. I mean, what can you say that already hasn't been said? Obviously my personal pick is uh, Jason Robertson as well. Thanks, Jess. Just a just a, a retweet on that one. Uh, I, I'm going to toss a name out there that's been really surprising. He just went down with injury, maybe because he didn't want to play in the All Star game. That seems to be a trend. Uh, but keep an eye on Tage Thompson. This guy is yes. special. The uh, size, mm-hmm. the speed. If they make the playoffs, all right. If yeah. they make the playoffs, which I really, I honestly believe, I was very fortunate to see Buffalo play here in Dallas and beat us in overtime because for some reason we can't do anything in overtime anymore in Dallas. But that being said, Buffalo is so fast so quick from top to bottom and, and Rasmus Dahlin, if he doesn't get in the top two of the, the hardest slap shot, I'm going to be very surprised because seeing his slap shot live, it, it, it was honestly magical. It was fantastic. But I think Tage Thompson is a special, I don't want to say generational player, but he might be just because of how big he is. Plus with how fast and how quick he is. I mean, the kid is just absolutely lighting it up. Shout out to the Sabres for getting one of the most bargain-friendly, cap-friendly deals of the last 10 years with Tage Thompson. I think he's going to win. Probably not this year. Obviously, McDavid's running away with it. But, you know, keep an eye on him in the next, like, two or three years. I think he might do it. How many wins does Allmark have to have? If Allmark hits, like, the 40-win mark, are we considering him? You know, I was going to say. The last, like, 25 games, 23 games, like, Maybe that's the only person that could touch McDavid with a ten foot pole, but like you still gotta win fourteen more games here. I was gonna say I was gonna say Olmark could be a dark horse contender for the Hart Trophy. We haven't had a goaltender win a Hart Trophy since I believe either Carey Price or Jose Theodore was Hart Trophy winner. Yeah, would have been Price for sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, double double winner for the Vezina and the and the and the Hart Trophy. I'm gonna throw out another name out here. David Pasternak, he's having a tremendous season. Uh, he, granted, he's he's tied for third in points with 72. Connor McDavid's going to 
obviously, unless, you know, barring car- catastrophic injury or something tragic going on that he can't win the, the, he can't win the the Art Ross Trophy. He's gonna he's gonna win the Art Ross Trophy. He's gonna win the points title. But David Pasternak has been such a valuable part of the Boston Bruins for so long, and now you're seeing his game develop as he's becoming a leading scorer in the NHL. Uh, you could also argue uh, Linus Olmark as a, as a potential Hart Trophy candidate. I was gonna be a, I was gonna make the Homer pick and say Jack Hughes, but I think I think maybe. A year, he's a year or two away. I I argued on my other podcast, uh, have another donut. She must plug that uh, he's he's definitely should be considered for Hart Trophy. He actually just won first star for the month of January in the NHL. But I think it's a couple years away from being a real true contender for that trophy year in year out. He's just starting to step up as a star in this league. But but going back to David Pasternak. Just seeing what he does for the Bruins night after night, over the over this this stretch that the Bruins have had, this historic stretch. I mean, they they could tie the or break the record for the most wins this year uh, in for an NHL season. So I, I would go with David Pasternak just to kind of buck the trend. Of Connor McDavid, yeah, great. Connor McDavid's going to lead the league in points, but for a lot what of happens? Years. What happens if the Oilers miss the playoffs? Is he still going to win the? Is he still going to win the Hart Trophy? I think you you have to just because of the dominance that he has over everybody else. I mean, do, do you do you change because uh, do you change the, the the verbiage of the trophy to have a most valuable player and a most outstanding player? Should there be two separate trophies for that situation? Because there's no doubt about who the most outstanding player would be in, in that situation if the Oilers did miss miss the playoffs. But is the most valuable the guy who pushes their team to to the next level, like you said, Pasternak and and, and the Bruins? But then the Bruins have a bunch of guys that have taken pay cuts over the years to keep that team together. And so, and and that's a like, is the most valuable player, their, their general manager, and the ownership group when it comes to, to to that, because it's it's quite astonishing the way they've been able to do that in, in Boston and have these guys year after year. Uh, they haven't won a cup since uh, 2011, boo hoo! But um, like the way they, they, they that team has stayed together all these years, you got to look at that. But yeah, it's 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 a it's an odd thing how that trophy's named because, like you said, if they, if you don't make the playoffs, how valuable were you? Yeah, Boston, I really feel bad for all of their sports teams whenever they struggle, let me oh, tell you, as work, a Minnesota huh? fan. Oh, yeah, Man, just brutal when they go oh, a year without a parade. Yeah, I'm with you, Brent. I think they should kind of reword it because it was something that I even discussed a little bit last year is like the Hart Trophy is supposed to epitomize the most valuable player to a team. Who is the biggest difference maker? You remove that player from said team. And how much does that change the dynamics? Now, you can obviously argue Edmonton without a Connor McDavid is drastically different. No question. But I think you have to do, like, again, reword it and rework it to be like, okay, but again, like, not to be biased, but let's say, for instance, last year, you move remove Kirill Kaprizov from the Minnesota Wild. This team is nothing. He does everything for the squad, right? And kind of look at it that way. Tage Thompson is a great example, I think, in Buffalo. Again, you have other pieces. You'll always need other supplementary and secondary pieces for a team to be successful for a team to get into the playoffs. But I think Connor McDavid is such an anomaly, you know, like he is like, there's gotta be something else. Just, yes, you're the best player in the NHL. We all know it. We all embrace it. We all love to watch it unless they're playing you that night. Uh, But just reword it to mean something different because I think sometimes those words get muddied. So it's always going to be McDavid. You want to see something else. Well, you got the two player awards, the two biggest player awards, aren't we? Arguably, the Hart Trophy, which is most valuable player, and the Ted Lindsay 
also formerly known as the Lester B. Pearson Award, most outstanding player as voted by the members of the NHLPA. So you got two player most MVP trophy. So Brent, there you go. There's your there's your most outstanding player trophy too. But that's voted by the players. So it'll be interesting to see who they vote this year uh, come come late June for the uh, NHL. I award. really don't think they need to add more awards though. Like again, it's it's we're <laughs> I just think giving out that, that whole show all together. It's just so damn good. I, I mean, it's just that, that show's embarrassing. Actually, in the world, it's like okay, yeah, let's make it best Eastern Conference player. Here you go, Pasternak and Thompson fight over it. Like. He's the best player in the world. If voter fatigue is the reason he doesn't win one year, sure, that's fine, but that's just on the general media and not actually showing his ability because he's the most valuable, he's the most outstanding, he's the best player in the world. I just want Minnesota to get some love once in a while, guys. Just give us some. <laughs> some they made the players to get love. Listen, I want New Jersey to get love because we've been associated with boring hockey since the mid-'90s, and I hate that stigmatizing label that we get put upon we're not boring anymore <laughs> well i, I, I just have one thing minnesota. to say yeah the lakes in minnesota all ten thousand of them are nice <laughs> uh i will say from from a we just saw the report i'm sure everyone's seen it by now that viewership is down 22 percent across the board it may not have to do with popularity it may have to do with streaming rights and streaming purposes and how you watch your games versus how you watched them last year but for the purpose of spreading awareness of the league Connor mcdavid is one of the most boring human beings off the ice ever of all time posternock love posternock the style the yeah. charisma the way that he carries himself i literally Connor mcdavid shows up in a jc penny special every single night and posternock's in gucci louis vuitton and i'm not saying that's what we need to see but he actually brings character, and I think that's what the NHL needs now more than ever. So I'm all for him winning. If he does, he's going to bring more eyes to it. I think kids 10 and under are going to be like, McDavid, McDavid, McDavid. But adults, the ones that are paying money, the ones that are entertained by it, they're going to see Pasternak and go, that guy's hilarious. I want to get behind that guy. You know, I, Penny I, suits and uh, socks that he hasn't gotten rid of since he was yeah, a child. Shout out CCM. <laughs> yeah, which would you which would you rather wear, uh, Sidney Crosby's jock or uh, Connor McDavid's socks? Ooh, they're both brutal. <laughs> Although I will say, I I do want to see an NHL player walk into an arena like like James Harden's uh, uh, Muppet suit, look like they yeah. could ready. That would be fun. The NHL needs that. They need that now more than ever. And unfortunately, yeah. there's a hobbit at the helm named Gary Bettman that is going to do everything in his little power to keep it from happening. Also, on the TV I, ratings, though, everyone was kind of freaking out about that today. I, I think we're just comparing apples to oranges here. Like, you can't go off of last year's TV ratings because it was such an anomaly coming off of two COVID years, right? Like, yeah. hockey was in a totally different state last year. Everyone was more excited than ever for a normal season to be back. Like, it, it was just totally different worlds, I, I feel, especially in Canada, right, where it's a little bit different, the situation. But I think John Shannon put it best where, I mean, we're, we're really comparing two totally different numbers and we're also comparing a, a different world environment that we're living in right now. I'm going to say talk- like up here in yeah. Canada, like it's Hawking in Canada used to be, used to be a huge and not a Don Cherry thing, but Hawking in Canada on Saturday nights used to be, it was gospel. You'd watch every, every, every week, but now, and then during the week there was games all the time, but now they're because of streaming, Games are blacked out a lot more, and you can't see a Winnipeg Jets game. I, I can't go to a Jets game. 
Like, I just can't. And like, I understand that the, they, they want you to buy this. They want you to buy that. But in general, hockey doesn't get the, the, the looks, the eyeballs that it used to get here in Canada. It, re- it really doesn't. Um, is it a, a worse game? It's not as entertaining because right now you have, right now you have the Toronto Maple Leafs are already set to play the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. So all the Leafs fans who are out West, they're not watching because they already know the first round's coming, who the opponent is. And so the, the, the playoff setup has a lot to do with that already where pretty much most teams in the first upper echelon, they know who they're playing in the first round. And so you're, you're going to lose eyeballs. And then the, the NFL, they're going up against them. So maybe the NHL should have just waited a little bit before they, they set out the alarms and say, okay, let's wait till football season's done. So we get that, that crowd who, who's going to start watching hockey a little bit. Just a thought. Shout out I, to uh, Maple Leafs fans getting excited for another first round exit, by the way. I got a prediction on that. Oh, <laughs> they can. We'll save them a spot. The wild fans will save them a spot watching on the sidelines. I'll tell you what. I, I will say that I, I will say I, I don't I'm, think I know you mentioned the streaming rights. I'm going to bite my tongue on the, on the streaming stuff, especially for New York, especially for my market, which is New York. So we got four teams in the we got three teams in the market. And if you can't watch one team on msg and you try to go to espn plus it's blacked out right i hate that hate that it's just very easy to find wink wink alternate ways to watch every single game on every single night it's it's very it is very easy to do and when you make it so difficult to do it the right way everyone's gonna find that other way and you're gonna lose viewership because i don't think they're gonna be counting the pirates at sea Watching the NHL. <laughs> oh, look, there are go- ghost pirates in Savannah, Georgia, though. That's the, the there are ghost pirates in Savannah, Georgia. Just yes. FYI. I think, <laughs> I think you brought up such a great point, though, too, about hockey needing to gain its viewership. I think TNT does a fantastic job Agreed. with their pre and post and everything in between, making it fun. I mean, if TikTok has shown us anything, this next generation of that's what they want is just fun and trying to let loose and do something. And I think you have younger players stepping in like Trevor Zegris and, and whatnot who want to make it fun and be those characters. I think the bigger problem is the reason Connor McDavid is maybe the way he is or Sidney Crosby or Ovechkin and stuff is that's the culture of hockey they grew up in. That is right. what you do. You're kind of very vanilla, very boring, very straight lace in the locker room. You're probably a very different guy. It still cracks me up to this day that Andrew Burnett told me Miko Koivu is the funniest, was the funniest player on the wild team. I was like, there's no way in hell. There's no way that guy <laughs> is a straight lace as they come. But I think, you know, the guys get nervous to bring out that personality because for so long hockey told them they didn't want that. You go out there, you play for your teammates, you play for yourself. Cause I think part of that too, is when you might show up a little flashy, you look like you're just doing it for yourself. I think PK Subban got a lot of flack for that. A lot of times. Oh, he's out there doing all this, making it about himself. Whereas hockey being the ultimate team sport, it doesn't, yep. you know, people forget and get lost in that. So that would be my take. I want to see it change. And I'm seeing little inklings and granted hockey culture across a lot of boards needs to change, obviously. Uh, but I think, yeah, letting the characters shine and letting players just be themselves and not afraid to have a little fun with it would go a long way. And the same goes for broadcasting too. Again, TNT doing a fantastic job. I'd like to see other streams do uh, do similar things and follow suit a little bit. We do have an interesting comment in the uh, in the in the in the comment section from Brian at the Injured List podcast, a Rangers fan. Say that <laughs> he says, "I hate the three on three overtime personally. Very cheesy way to earn an extra point. I disagree. I respectfully I disagree. disagree. I love three on three. 
you you name another more exciting five minutes in sports, and I'll change my mind. They don't exist. But the NHL want... has found a way to say, no, we're going to stop it and do the shootout. So yeah. we're going to take that excitement. We're going to crumple it in a ball. We're going to throw it out, not even in the recyclables. We don't care. <laughs> I Jesse, mean, I, I think McDavid was onto something. I think when he had brought up his point of letting it go longer, I don't hate the shootout as much as everybody else does. That's mostly because I write on deadline and I just kind of want the game to get over and be done <laughs> with. And sometimes <laughs> the shootout can be kind of fun and easy to do it that way. But I would love to see more overtime, obviously understanding why they can't go extra lengths because of back-to-backs and the way schedules and flights and all of that, yada, yada. But I would say, yeah, give us 10 minutes of three-on-three. I love three-on-three. And again, biasly, because I think Kirill Kaprizov is king in three-on-three hockey, so I love to see him get that action. But um, yeah, just make it longer. I think it's way, way fun. That kind of sparked this question in in the back of my mind after, after that comment. Do you think we need to change overtime rules to maybe four on instead of five on five for twenty minutes, it's four on four for ten, and you just well, keep going until somebody scores? One of the junior leagues up here, the the British Columbia Junior Hockey League Junior A, they have they, they do uh, five minutes of four on four, and mm-hmm. then th- five minutes of three on three, and then they leave mm-hmm. them. If you can't finish it in that time zone, it's, it it takes the same amount of time for the shootout to occur anyways by the time they do the ice and this and that. So that's one thing that, that the BC League does, and it seems to work pretty pretty well. And it, it it's, a, I don't think, a, a team game where you go and, and play, and like you said, for 20 or for 60, 65 minutes, 70 minutes, whatever it may be, that, that two guys should, uh, should decide a hockey game. I mean, it happens on a power player, this and that. But in general, I think having just that extra five minutes of overtime, maybe a four on four, because I think the shootout's a bad way to end a hockey game. I think it, I think it's 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 awful for teams that battle it out uh, for sixty five minutes and then two people because it's a, it shouldn't. But be I think the majority of fans love it. That's the issue: is that you yeah. have twenty thousand screaming fans. They're the ones who are going to sway the decision, not people in the press. Or box, or right? in Phoenix, or in Phoenix, five, five totally in the world. Yep. Yep. Not even five. Can you sell that place out in Phoenix? All right, but here's my thing, my thing, boys. Uh, Like the infamous, legendary Julie the Cat Gaffney once said, I hate ties. They're like kissing your brother. Like, I don't want a game to end in a tie. Like, NFL games the same way. Like, I don't like ties. I want a decided winner, I think. Like, whether I would love to see extra overtime, but I I don't want to end it with like, oh, it's just a tie. Like, I don't like the way that vibe. Yeah. And and it's it's, it's hard. There's no win. Yeah, I'm I'm on the side of of shootouts. I've 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 loved shootouts since I was a kid. You know, gr- you know, watching hockey and waiting for that shootout period. I, I hate. I, you know, I I'm 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 100 against ties. I I think that should just that's the stupidest rule ever. You should never have anything in a tie. Uh, kind of like what's behind you, Jesse. You know, like no uh, the uh, no participation or or a trophy. You know, like I don't I don't I don't like any of that stuff. You know, I grew up uh, in a household where it was just you win or you lose, just about everything, but. I personally like the shootouts. I just wish they would speed them up a little bit more. Uh, I, I think they take kind of drag them out a little too long. I don't feel like there should be as, as much of a break. Just kind of get the guys out there, get them ready, and and just put them out on the ice and get them get them going. I love I love seeing that one on one because it it. I think the thing about shootouts is that it highlights the goalie a little more. Uh, and I think you know the goalie. Uh, shout out to my uncle. Uh, I'm sure he'll appreciate me me saying that. Uh, but I, I think the goalies need a little bit more recognition like you brought up earlier ryan that there, it's been a while since we've seen a a goalie win the heart trophy or anything but i think they kind of yeah. need that that one-on-one for a little more uh you know kind of a shout out to them 
And give me another Brian Rolston in the shootout who just skates in, gives a slapper, no cares in the world. Like, yeah, yeah, there you go. Albany fun. River at great Brian Rolston, <laughs> FYI. Always, me, I, always, I liked... always hug your goalie, by the way. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I always goalie. I always liked I always liked when they, you know, just skate up and stop on the blue line, just give it a good old slap shot, or maybe just a, you know, try try something fancy, you know, give us a little mm-hmm. a little pizzazz with the spin around or something, you know, give give some Spirit some kind of show. Me. But yeah, personally, I love the shootouts, so. though. Yeah, you know, we don't get that Brian Boucher moment, though, with yeah. Philly when they beat the Rangers last game of the regular season. I love that. But, Ryan, I do have to run. Everyone, this was a blast. Yeah. Always fun to talk hockey. Enjoy the rest of the show, and uh, uh, we'll, hey, see, we'll see everyone soon. Hey, 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 Jenner, before you go, yeah. plug your stuff, man. Where can people find you? Oh, geez, you don't want to follow World Hockey Report. It's full of bad takes. <laughs> I actually tripped to one. If you're just really bad, hot it's, take, at, fly it's at World Hockey RPT. <laughs> And again, no, it's it's all good. But yeah, it's World Hockey Report, and then just my personal Twitter's at Janner on PXP, where it's mostly lacrosse stuff. All right. If there's if there's any NLL content, I'll uh, definitely give you a follow since we got a team up here in Albany. So there you go. Uh, give you a follow. Thanks, all right. All right. Thanks, Janner. Actually, it's actually a good time to take a quick break from one of our uh, from one of our sponsors here at uh, Belly Up Sports, uh, Manscaped. So. Uh, Stick around, come back, and we'll talk some more hockey. We have breaking news. Manscaped now sells beard products. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with a brand new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard look. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to tame your mane. No one likes a weird beard, so say goodbye to all your stubble and trouble with Manscaped Pro Beard Kit. It all starts with the Beard Hedger. This thing is a juggernaut of fixing faces. First off, this cordless trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. That's right, face grooming doesn't need to be hard. Get 20 different beard lengths in just one guard. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. So make sure you get 20% off in free shipping when you go to Manscaped.com by using the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY. Once again, that's 20% off and free shipping when you use the promo code BELLYUPFANTASY at Manscaped.com. All right, and thanks to Manscaped.com, new beard trimmer. I'm actually getting one myself, so I'm looking forward to trying that out. Um, also, just want to remind you, if you're watching on either YouTube or on Facebook right now, here's a quick reminder to Friendly to be uh, to be kind and smash that like button. Smash responsibly. So we appreciate you watching. If you're liking the program, hit that sm- smash that like button. Also, if, on Facebook, if you're watching, give us send us some stars. It helps our network grow and it helps our shows grow too so we're going to move on to bold predictions for the remainder of the season and this could be anything this could be uh, this could be trade deadline shocking trade deadline trades sleeper stanley cup picks who will make the playoffs who will miss the playoffs and i'm going to start with uh josh uh josh do you have a bold prediction for the rest of our uh rest of our fun season that we got so far 
So yeah, I, I saw that you put that down. And, you know, we're gonna we're gonna go bold. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take it as bold as I can. I'm gonna and on. I I hate to say because I I rooted for the uh, for Boston for a little while. Uh, I knew a guy Stephen Camper that got drafted there. But my bold prediction is that Boston is gonna lose in the first round because they've had such an amazing mm. uh, an amazing season. I mean, I just I hate to say it, and and it is very bold. It's, it, it may not even happen, but I'm just that's my bold prediction. I just see you know a hot streak team like this that's just so hot, and they feel all the momentum going into the playoffs. Maybe they get their head a little too high against a lower seeded team like that. You know, I just I, I I smell something in the water, and I could see them losing possibly first round. Well, if the season were to start today, they would play the Pittsburgh Penguins in the first round. So. That and would be an intriguing matchup for to sure. Win too, it's a tough draw it. because of yeah, it's a yeah. tough draw because Pittsburgh has all that playoff experience. You still got Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin. Those are your two biggest stars, and it's Pittsburgh. They're arguably the best players, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins players in team history. Uh, pretty sure a certain owner might uh, hold that mantle, but yeah, I could if if Boston gets a little ahead of themselves and they get caught by a hot team in the first round. I don't, uh, it could I don't think they'll get or, swept. Or, or Washington. Yeah. Or Washington. Yeah. No, yeah, I want to see a Blue Jackets thing. Toronto situation. Like, let's go. <laughs> let's just. Or Blue Jackets that Lightning. <laughs> I wanted my bold prediction to be something about the Blue Jackets coming in, but there's no way that's going to happen. So, <laughs> oh, What a dumpster oh. fire. Oh, hey, my God. Johnny Hockey wanted to win hockey games, so he went to Columbus, baby. Yeah, closer to home, but not really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oops. Whoops. Brent, how about you? What's your what's your boldest prediction? Okay, here it is. I, here we the go. Leafs, the Leafs finally, 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 finally do it. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been so, so long since they've done it. They, it's uh, my, my wife's a Leafs fan. Her father's a Leafs fan the whole bit. The Leafs finally do it, and they win a playoff round. They win a playoff round round. for the first time since 2004. You thought I was going to say Stanley Cup, didn't you? No, the the Leafs actually are going to win a playoff round somehow, some way. They are going to get by the Tampa Bay Lightning in the first round. They've had a couple of chances. They had two two shots at it last year, but they got goal. They got goalie and end up losing to Tampa. Uh, But this year, somehow, some way, and I had. I had things wrong with the Leafs this year. I thought them losing Jack Campbell was going to be uh, the end of them before the season even started, but Campbell's turned out to be a bit of a dud in Edmonton. But I, I honestly think that the Leafs are somehow going to win a playoff round since two first time since 2004. So there you go. See, and I was ready to tease you saying this was bold predictions, not delusional predictions. But <laughs> I didn't, I didn't say Stanley Cup. I did not say a Stanley <laughs> Cup. I said yourself. around. Let baby so, steps in Leafs land. Baby steps. Do we get a parade if they win the first round? Oh, there'll be a parade. Like you wouldn't believe. Wow. There'll, be there'll, be much, the second, there'll be much rejoicing. Thing. There'll be a parade down Young Street when they win that first round, and people will be burning their jerseys when they lose uh, in four straight in the second round. <laughs> to the Bruins, right? The way it's probably going to roll out. So, there's my prediction. Jesse, what's your bold prediction for the for the rest of the season? What's your what's your what's the one thing you got sticking in your mind? Hilariously enough, I was gonna go Josh's route and just really throw Boston under the bus, like, yeah, they're they're done. They're actually not as great. Uh, but also in my head, I'm like, that's not gonna happen. I didn't say they're not of, great. Don't don't. Put I know, that in right? My sorry, sorry. Like, yeah. Um, no, there's kind of two. So the first one is. Colorado doesn't make the playoffs. I know they've been injury riddled. I wanted them to be back to back. 
I just have this weird feeling like the cup hangover thing is real. They still have fantastic players. Obviously, Kale McCarr, one of my favorite players to watch in the NHL, hands down. But that's one of the bold predictions. The other one is very Minnesota wild focused. And because I've been getting a lot of heat from my wild followers lately on it, I'm going to double down. The Minnesota Wild will trade Marco Rossi maybe this year. Marco Rossi, for those of you unfamiliar, former first-round pick, has been down in the AHL for quite a bit. He's doing well in the AHL. Um, he had a couple games up here in the NHL earlier this year. He played a little bit last year. He's coming off a very bad uh, bout with COVID, but I just I don't see him being the NHL player they need him to be. He's still very young, but I think he could be packaged. I'm not saying I want him to be moved, but he could be packaged with, say, a Matt Dumbo or, say, a Jordan Greenway, two guys at the Wild are probably looking more likely to part ways. So double down, Rossi trade and or Colorado does not make the playoffs. So speaking of the – speaking of the of – the- of uh, the wild uh josh you're in iowa right yep yeah i i live just across the border in nebraska but sioux city iowa just in, in okay area. well i was gonna say if you're close to going in an, uh, an iowa wild game i would see if you want yeah. to check them out but you're a little far away <laughs> well no sioux yeah, city musketeers I, though I actually, right yeah sioux city muskies yeah i love i love the musketeers uh and yeah but and now i'm actually over in des moines quite often for uh for work so there you go. There you go. Now you have an excuse to go uh, see Marco Rossi maybe once before he gets traded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to Jess. Yeah. Think over to you. What's your bold prediction? Um, I also have two. Uh, both are going to be player based. Um, I'm going to get the Stars centric one out of the way first. Uh, John Klingberg will end up with the Dallas Stars again this season, and I know so many people are going to be absolutely pissed <laughs> off, irate about that. But the Stars are lacking offensive depth. Uh, and John Klingberg knows this system. We're going to get him on a bargain. We're going to throw a couple of picks over to Anaheim, and uh, we're going to get him to retain a little bit of that salary, and Klingberg will be back with the Dallas Stars and take them to the promised land, and I can't wait to laugh in the faces of people who hate him. Uh, and second, Bo Horvat's not going to be an Islander for the entire season. There's no oh, chance. Wow. Nope, he's out. <laughs> what? Uh, that's I gotta hear this. Weren't they already talking extension with him? They were talking extension, but knowing Bo, Bo Horvat, the 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 – the things that he has been through going up to this trade, he's going to a team that I just do not see having a legitimate shot, even getting close to the playoffs. Um, the Metropolitan Division and, and the Eastern Conference is too strong for the Islanders. They're one of the most boring teams in hockey. They've taken the dir- the Jersey Devils' place well, as look the boring who team. Look who, look who built the team. <laughs> yeah. So, Olu, uh, he's a deal for him. Um, I don't think that Horvat's going to want to stick around. I don't think he sees that team having a future. Uh, I think he realizes the, the the writing is on the wall. And it would not surprise me if he walks up to Lou Lamarillo and says, hey, listen, this has been a great time. Um, Long Island, love you. Got to go. I got to go somewhere I'm going to win. Uh, and that's going to be elsewhere. I just don't see him sticking around. I, just, I think he's going to put his foot down. He's going to say, you know what? I want to be somewhere that I know I have longevity and winning the New York Islanders don't give me that opportunity. Just Is he right good up enough to, to be able to say, say that, that, though? Like, like, right now, like, he doesn't really have a, a, a leg to stand on at this point. Like, he didn't, doesn't have a really contract for next year, and he like, he doesn't have a leg to stand on to say, I go to Lou Lamarillo, because Lamarillo will say, oh, bye then, see ya, because <laughs> Lou don't care. I mean, yeah, no, that's, he that's fair, but he doesn't <laughs> no. have it. But he also has been playing with the Canucks for however many seasons, and they had a couple of decent runs. But realistically, you know, as the captain of the Canucks, he had to put up with a lot. So it's got to be a huge weight off his shoulders. It wouldn't surprise me if he personally has a bounce back, you know, 
entire month of February into March. But right before the trade deadline, I wouldn't be surprised if someone's calling on, on Bo Horvat again and saying, you know, hey, here's another couple of prospects. Here's another couple of draft picks. You guys have the worst prospect list uh, in the entirety of hockey, however long it's been. Like, the Islanders are stuck in a very, very difficult position to where I don't think they have anywhere near the talent or the pipeline to put themselves in a winning situation for an extended period of time. They're and they have to make, as, right? as, yeah. as someone who studied at the school of Lou Lamarillo uh, as a New Jersey Devils fan for all those years he was in New Jersey, he has a tendency to trade away his best assets to win now. And then when he leaves, he leaves their farm system in a pile of ashes. Mm-hmm. And the New Jersey Devils have had to rebuild that farm system to where it is now. And, and he has been pouring gasoline on the Islanders farm system and he is ready to light the match. Mm-hmm. Yep. And to your point, Fink, I mean, every team always is looking for a center and Bo Horvat is yeah. a solid center. Again, I mean, he was linked with the wild because the wild have no number one center. They can't afford a Bo Horvat by any means, by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, I mean, you're certainly right. There would be plenty of other teams that would be willing to snatch him with a bet much better longevity and look of out or successful outcome than the you, New York Islanders. You know, he could go to the team that traded that traded that his rights in 2014, I believe, uh, the New Jersey Devils. And they picked up Corey <laughs> Schneider. The Canucks drafted Bo Horvat. <laughs> Full I circle, can, baby. <laughs> I, I just yeah. think there's there's a lot of longevity with a guy like him, and I can't quite compare him and put him on the same level as a Joe Pavelski. But you look what Pavelski's done at his age, at 38. He had the best season of his entire career. Um, he went from a franchise that was on the cusp of winning the cup a couple of times. Not saying obviously that the Canucks were able to do that with Horvat around as often as the Sharks were with Pavelski. But you look at the the longevity of Pavelski's career, and you give Horvat that opportunity elsewhere. Where it might not be this year, maybe he does end up becoming an Islander for the rest of the season. But I, I don't think I, if I'm Bo Horvat, I don't want to be there. I don't. I look at the future. I look at what they're bringing in, and I say, you guys are not building for now. You're not building for the future. You're just, you guys are just building a like a Lincoln log house that's going to get knocked over when a kid comes by and kicks it. Like there's no stability. It's a well, bunch maybe, of old guys, right? Yeah, like, maybe, let's be maybe in two to three weeks, maybe in two to three weeks when they, they're still in, in limbo land because they got to jump a lot of teams to make the playoffs. Lou goes, you know what? Uh, we're not doing anything, and, and we, we're going to make some trade, and then somebody else says, you know, we have some prospects. Here you go because, you know, prospects are cool, but championships are cooler, and maybe we'll make that that deal. So, yeah, that, that might be a thing that could happen yeah, with somebody they- else because I was, I, was, I was quite shocked when Horvat went to the Islanders last week. It was like, what, what's the point? Like what's yeah, the point I, for, think, for I think anybody, po- really? I, I think the point is that if Lou's getting him so no other teams can, and they're only two points back of a wild card spot right now, so they're in position to try to take over uh to overtake Pittsburgh and or uh Washington for that wild card spot. But to me it just seems like you're just trading him for so much so nobody else could get him. It felt very much like that. Maybe and think yeah. about those two teams that you just said the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Washington Capitals. Stanley Cup championship caliber teams with Stanley Cup championship caliber players. The Islanders don't have that. Nope. Nope. And apparently we have a correction in the uh, chat. Uh, Apparently Rossi's last name is pronounced Rossi. Okay, whatever. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) (laughs) It's not. (laughs) So I have have a bold prediction. Uh, One of his New Jersey devil-centric 
because I cover them for Godzilla Media up here in New York. Uh, I believe I think my bold prediction for them is they'll they'll break the road wins record. Uh, the road wins record is thirty one back in two thousand five two thousand six by Detroit. Uh, the Devils are at nineteen right now, and they only need fourteen. They only need thirteen wins to surpass that mark. And the way they've been playing on the road this year, uh, you're stuck. You're stuck on those wins and those road wins to get some experience of winning on the road, and that could be huge uh, for a possible Stanley Cup run. Uh, Tom Fitzgerald building a good team, and uh, I think they they need one more piece to kind of, maybe need some more secondary scoring to get them over the bump. Maybe another, maybe an experienced defenseman. We'll see who's out there. My other bold prediction, and this is going to be a bold, kind of a postseason prediction, but I'm going to put it out there. Uh, Arizona is going to win the lottery. Not only will Arizona win the lottery, grab themselves Connor Bedard as the first overall pick, but on top of that, they'll sign Austin Matthews in free agency. It'll be the worst thing for hockey. <laughs> if they want to grow that or- game south of the border, getting getting Connor Bedard in Arizona is the worst thing that could happen to hockey there. And I said it the worst thing. And that's coming from someone that's had to watch Connor McDavid's career die in Edmonton. Exactly. So true. 100%. That'd be the I worst want, thing for hockey. I want Bedard with Zegers and Anaheim so bad. Like I, I like, I like that one. Oh my God. It just, it, it's, great. it's, I don't know. It's just, it's just a bet. Gary Bettman wants Arizona to succeed so badly. It's, it's his white whale. It's his great white whale of his otherwise pretty okay time as commissioners. 30 years has been the commissioner of this league. And yeah, there's been some bumps in the road, but for the most part in the States, he's built this game. He's helped build this game and get it out there and had people had more eyes on hockey. You got more kids coming out of the South and from California, Florida, Texas. Then you could argue Arizona, Brent, Austin Matthews, Arizona kid. He's helped grow the game in the U S again, you granted a couple bump, a couple speed bumps with a couple lockouts and a missed seat and a completely canceled season in 04 and 05. But now I think he has the league on the right track. Arizona is his one white whale that he has to nail down. He has to nail it down, and I think that's what he's trying to do to seal his legacy. I'm not saying he's going to fix the lottery, <laughs> but I am. I am. What? But considering who he was under, who is uh, he was uh, Patrick Ewan who called them below, but like the Knicks back in the eighties. <laughs> yeah, he's going to change sit, the whole his format. Sit, his Sith overlord was uh, David Stern, so he, he, arguably he manipulated the 1984 draft, and Patrick Ewing wound up in New York in New York City as a New York Nick for all those years. But Dard's playing in front of bigger crowds night in, night out right now. He, they, they were 17,000-plus in Calgary last night yep. in the Saddledome with the Hitmen. Yep, he just the game Lepers winning goal. Night, there'll be 5,000 yeah. on and on. There's more people watching him on a night in, night out basis right now than they would be watching him in Arizona next year. It'd be the worst thing for that kid's career. It'd be but, the worst thing for hockey because that that kid, it, I, I'm not saying he's going to be a star because he can't. He's 17 years old. But if you want to grow the, the game bigger down south, if there is a problem, the worst thing that could happen is Bedard going to the Arizona Coyotes. Here's my argument. You sign Austin Matthews to a huge deal. You have Connor Bedard on a rookie contract for at least five seasons on an entry-level contract. And there's your forwards right there. There's your scoring. You just need to bring in a goaltender who has experience and maybe a couple defensemen, and you're starting to build something in Arizona. So what every team needs. 
True. Like, I mean, I'm just I'm playing fantasy GM right here. Yeah, so no, I know. I'm, I'm just, just kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Not to mention, I'm gonna I'm gonna say, and this is coming from a Minnesotan who has seen plenty of Minnesotans come home. I hate guys going home and playing. Like I just that gets the romanticism over. I'm like, meh. I love what Austin Matthews has done for the game and for growing it, being from Arizona. But that's like, oh, Jason Zucker's gonna go back to Vegas because that's what he like. I don't know. I just don't want it. I kind of like him up in Toronto. Stay there, right? I don't know. Maybe. I'd like to see. I'd like to see a move. Uh, I don't know where, but I would like to see a move. I think it would be the ultimate villain move for him to move to a North Amer- or a, uh, an American team. Um, you know, because you want to get an entire nation to hate you in a, in a heartbeat. <laughs> say I'm signing with you know any team under the border. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say the entire nation. Most most of this nation doesn't like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Okay, good point. they really good point. don't. Good point. They just don't like the pain. I yeah. can imagine. <laughs> he goes, yeah, he goes to Detroit, or he goes to, uh, or what's another rival? There's Can- well, actually, if he stays in Canada and goes to the Canadiens, that would be a huge heel move. That would be. He goes to Columbus. Wants to be closer to that. Oh God. <laughs> Still three flights away. There's the line of the night right there. <laughs> but honestly, from a business standpoint, because the NHL takes a certain amount from each um, each take at each game, correct? Something along those lines, broadcast-wise, something around there. That's the worst possible place for Austin Matthews and Connor Bedard to go. And I, I'm just kind of echoing Brent here. But you're essentially sending them to an arena that they're guaranteed to sell out with a whopping 5,000 people every home game. Whoop giving away 2,500 tickets to college students. Yeah, like, whoop de doo That doesn't mean anything to me. Send them to an arena where they have to sell out 16, 17, 18, 19,000 seats. Show me the sellouts. I want to see them turn a boring, not so much boring, but a kind of a floundering area around. Not Chicago. Um, but <laughs> I want to see the, an arena that's empty right now get filled up and get excited, even though they may not have a playoff spot but really spark that or ignite that passion for hockey again because Bodard comes on board or a Matthews signs with a certain team, you know, anywhere else besides where he's at right now. And there are many franchises that could really use that bump. So unless you're Florida and doesn't matter how good you are, people just don't want to go out there. No, there, there's some people going in Florida. You know, it's there the are, but it's still like crowds. last season they were, you know, one of the best teams in hockey going into playoffs, and you could still see empty seats because it was just an inconvenient place to be. It was, I mean, the same situation with the Coyotes. That's why they moved them into a college's arena. Well, you think about it up up north, you know, and like pretty much anywhere where it gets cold, you know, it does. It's not anything to go in and to go to a slightly lesser cold arena whereas in florida you're coming from nice 70 80 degree weather maybe even 90s and stuff and then all of a sudden you got to go into the cold arena like nobody wants to go in there but oh, I, I feel like it I'm is starting texas. to make turn around i'm in texas the one thing i want to do in texas is get out of the heat and go into a cold building <laughs> but are you wearing shorts into the building so that's the question like do you wear shorts into? oh the yeah it's it's a yeah. it's a shorts t-shirt and jersey kind of affair but then you freezing no Oh. I'm I'm I have a joke. I'm built like an Arctic cooler. I retain heat very easily, so it doesn't matter if it's 100 degrees outside and 50 inside. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna maintain that temperature. Uh, it's an uncomfortable life. Sounds like a come on up here. It was, it was yeah. <laughs> come on up here. It was negative 21 with wind chill whenever I was working today. So yeah, I mean, come on. That's, come, that's, that's coming my way. I'm Can't for it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so we're going to take one more quick ad break, and then we'll come back. We'll have some closing thoughts, and we'll let our panel plug their stuff. So stay tuned. 
Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Belly Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BellyUpSports at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. And we want to thank SeatGeek for being a partner with Belly Up Sports. And we're going to close up the show uh, with some many random closing thoughts uh, and uh, also let uh, our panelists plug their stuff. So, Jesse, I'm going to be a gentleman and let the lady go first. Uh, <laughs> give us your clo- some closing thoughts for the season. What's your thoughts for about the season up to this point? And plug your stuff. I wish I was seeing like a little bit more closely contested um, teams in the standings. I think right now a lot of teams have separated themselves, especially out in the West, the teams that I see the most of. Obviously, Pacific kind of separates pretty quickly. Central separates pretty quickly. I kind of wish things were a little bit closer. I think the Wild are going to remain close, be a bubble playoff team. But I just, I don't know. I like that duking it out to the end. I kind of hate, as you guys had mentioned, looking and saying, okay, we already know who we're playing in the first round when we still have 48 games left to go, whatever it might be. Um, so that would be my closing thoughts. Let's get some better games to close out the season before we get to the playoffs. Minnesota Wild, pick it up. That's that for me. Uh, you can find my work on NHL.com. I'm covering all Minnesota Wild home games, which includes visitors too, so I'm not just wild, wild, wild. Um, also, I have a podcast, Bar Down Beauties, that new episodes release every single Monday. Myself and Kirsten Kroll, Talking Hockey, uh, have some good guests, live shows, a lot of fun, all that good stuff. So thanks for having me, Ryan. Hey, thanks for joining us. Fink, you're up, my friend. Uh, closing thoughts. Really happy and surprised with what the Stars have been able to do this season. Um, you know, sitting atop of the Central, kind of ironic that the Jets and Rick Bonus are right there nipping at the heels with one point less going into the All-Star break. But it's going to be a fun run to see how this wraps up. Stars making a playoff appearance again with Klingberg at the helm. <clears throat> uh, that being said, you can find all my stuff at Wada Hockey. Um, got the sweatshirt on here, the French Fry mm-hmm. Nation. Thanks for all that tuned in. Uh, just celebrated our 100th episode. You can go back and check that out on all podcast platforms. Um, we have the Dallas Stars uh, in-game host, uh, Stanley Cup champion Brent Severin and Brian Ray on with us. It was an absolutely fun time. Go check it out. And, uh, yeah, just appreciate you guys having me on and look forward to being on here in the future. Absolutely, absolutely. Josh, over to you. Final thoughts and plug your stuff. Yeah, I think final thoughts. I know we had already mentioned uh, the Avalanche a little bit and uh, kind of our disappointment there. I, I am a little disappointed. I thought that they they, sh- they showed up. I mean, they, they played amazing playoff hockey last year. Uh, that was even a team that I wasn't really even planning to watch a whole lot of last year and then – just the way that they were sweeping teams. So the fact that they, they were so weak and again, you know, I know injuries, um, but the other team that I was, I was a little disappointed, uh, not, not an, an entirely, but uh, I kind of expected a little more from the Rangers just because they're such a young squad and a really fast team. I expected them to be a little stronger than they've shown, but they're still looking pretty good. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it, it's been a really fun season and uh, to the, you know, overall, I feel like early on in the season and even up, to about this point, uh, it, it has been a tight race. It just seems like like what Jesse said. It seems like teams are starting to kind of separate themselves quite a bit, uh, especially with as, as well as the uh, 
the Bruins have been doing. But uh, as far as, as as far as my content, uh, I, I host Rising to the Occasion. We talk all sports, uh, so pretty much if if you're a sports fan, uh, for the most part, uh, we're we're probably going to touch on that sport. We're getting into hockey a little more now that uh, football season's over. As you can see behind me, I'm still set up for football and stuff like that. But uh, you can find all of our content uh, if you go to Rising2.com. That's Rising2.com. That's the easiest place for me to send you to. All right, Brent, you are up. I'm going to give you my Stanley Cup prediction. First in the East, I got uh, the Carolina Hurricanes going. I think Brent Burns is the guy to put them over the uh, over the top there to get Rod Brindamore and that bunch, Rod the Bod, a Notre Dame hound like myself back in the day. Uh, I think they're, the Carolina Hurricanes got a heck of a team. They fly up and down the ice four. Four lines that really can move the puck and, and score a little bit. And they got a goaltender who stops the puck. I'm a bit of a goaltender hugger, so I think that's going to be a, a big a big stop. And uh, out of the West, I got the Winnipeg Jets going to the Stanley Cup Finals. First time in a long time, I don't count the, the Montreal Canadian COVID, uh, COVID situation that they had. But uh, that Josh Morris, he's coming out of nowhere as a, a top-flight NHL defenseman. Mark Shifley, Kyle Connor in the bit, uh, Blake Wheeler, hell of a hockey player, and they have a great goaltender in uh, Connor Hellebuck. And you show me a, a good goalie, I'll show you a good coach in Rick Bonas. So, so it's, I think the uh, – and I, to, to a really bold prediction for you guys, the Stanley Cup is coming back to Canada, and the Winnipeg Jets are winning the Stanley Cup. There's uh, there's my thoughts for the day. So uh, that's my thought. Anyways, our show, uh, 1420 Sports Bar Podcast, four beer sports, talking a whole lot more. We do a show uh, Mondays and Thursdays. We record with uh, Dave Van Roby. He's a long-term friend of mine. And uh, I do a show every morning, 1420 in the morning, uh, 14 minutes, 20 seconds worth of sports talk. Every morning we do one. And my nephew, Jim Schworn, he does all the sound and guitar and music and everything for us on a, on a daily basis. So he works a little bit harder than, than I even have to because he's got to listen to my app all these times, three or four times, to make sure we sound good. So there's our, there's our stuff. And we're found on YouTube and uh, at underscore 1420. And it's, it's spelled out. So that's, uh, that's where you can find us. All right. I guess uh, last but not least, it's going to be me. I'm really looking forward to seeing if Buff- the Buffalo Sabres can score wild card spot or make their way as a third seed into the Atlantic division. I would love to see a Tage Thompson uh, playoff run to see a young team like the Buffalo Sabres. I, I, it would be awesome to see them uh, as a New York team. Cause I'm a New York guy. Uh, even though I wore the New Jersey and New Jersey devils, I, I'm a little bit of a fan of the Buffalo Sabres. So I'm hoping that they can try to make their way into the playoffs Led by and also in between the pipes, 80 something year old Craig Anderson. I know he's 41, I know, I know, but it's just really fun to see that his playing career is extended and he's helping this young team, young team win. Uh, as for me, you can find my podcast, No Credentials Required, which was with Belly Up Sports and Godzilla Media. Uh, we are adjusting our schedule a little bit. We usually we've been doing two a weeks this, this year with the uh playoffs. On Tuesdays and Fridays, uh, we've got a big show coming up for the Super Bowl, either Friday or Saturday before the big game. You can also find my New Jersey Devils-centric podcast called Have Another Donut, a New Jersey Devils podcast. That's on Godzilla Media. And I want to thank our panel, our wonderful panel, uh, who joined us tonight. So uh, I want to thank Jesse Pierce. I want to thank Fink. I want to thank Josh, uh, Josh Mailer, and Brent Redlinski. And uh, I also want to thank our um, uh, Jen- Jenner, who is all who also joined us tonight. I know we had to leave early, but 
We appreciate you joining uh, joining in for the panel. Also, want to thank everyone who who followed in the chat and uh, was contributing to the conversation. So we had some we had some great comments. We had some fun comments, and I don't know about you guys, but I had fun hosting this panel. Appreciate you coming all coming by. No, well, thanks for thank having you. me. Sure. That was good. Yep. Yeah, thanks, all right, Ron. folks. So again, Belly Up Sports. You can find us at bellyupsports.com. Follow on follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Facebook, all those social media channels. Uh, you can find our best hockey content there. And we will talk to you hopefully again very, very soon. So thanks to everyone for watching the show. Uh, this will also be on a podcast form on Billy Up and Friends. Uh, we should have that up and running either tonight or tomorrow. So for my guests, Jesse, Fink, Josh, Jenner, Brent, my name is Ryan McCarthy. I've been your humble host, and you've been watching the Billy Up Sports Hockey Super Show. Thank <laughs> you.